Hey guys, so today I'm not going to answer any questions today because I want to talk to you about something that I think it's pretty much on everybody's mind. It's the elephant in the room in the crypto market, which is the four-year cycle or whatever, the crypto market cyclical position plus the macro environment that we are in, okay? Because um, this is obviously very important to everybody's portfolio and actually I have been writing about this. I had an article out last week, um, a week ago. If you check on my website, it should be the, you know, there's the most recent article and the second one should be the one about the macro environment, the macro outlook for this year. But this is something that I've been thinking about a lot recently, right? And uh, my conclusion is, Right now, this is the current thinking. And uh, there are several pieces to my current thinking because we are in a sort of a complicated environment. And uh, um, I hope you'll see why in a minute once we get into it. So my goal is here, my goal here is to present to you what I'm thinking about, um, how I'm thinking about, about this environment. It's not black and white, it's not clear cut. So you take all this information and uh, you, 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 can, you, you can see like uh, what, what is appropriate for you, right? Um, but you know, uh, first of all, I wanna tell you is like, again, like I've said many times before, long-term I'm very, very bullish about the crypto market because to me, it's not just a technology revolution, but it's actually a economic revolution enabled by technology. It's a revolution in how we distribute economic gains in society. And that is solving, that is solving probably, you know, one of the biggest problems of our time right now, aside from climate change, which is the income distribution. It's, it's one of the biggest problems. I think it's facing humanity today. So um, that, that's why, and the crypto is providing an answer to that. At least it's, it's on its way to providing an answer to that. So that's why the fundamental high level reason why I'm bullish about crypto, okay? That being said, <laughs> we have these cyclical conditions, right? So um, like um, I, I told you before, this is a market I'm not going to you know, um, try to, you know, uh, take, take profits and, and leave forever. I, I, I will try to hang around this market because my, the, my long-term thesis is very bullish. But if you look at the short-term environment, okay, here are the um, several aspects to this. Number one is the, you know, monetary policy from the United States. And this is like the biggest parameter of uh, any risk asset market in the US, around the world, right? And it's, it's, it's pretty much a certainty that, that, that the Fed is going to tighten this year. Now, I know some people are telling you, or you probably have heard from other people that, you know, uh, the Fed, cannot do much because they have to prop up the asset market because otherwise everybody suffers. 
because everybody is so leveraged, the debt level is very high, right? And all that is true. However, that doesn't mean they're not going to do anything in the short term because we have higher inflation, right? And, and, and also the other thing is the, the higher inflation is, is uh, you know, I, I would say 60% of it is supply side, meaning it's, it's, a, it's a supply bottlenecks caused by COVID, caused by, you know, um, people stop working, logistic hubs not working, you have all these supply chain congestions and, uh, you know, broken, um, you know, bro broken stops in, in the global supply chain. So that is, I would say 60% or maybe 65% of, of, uh, of why we are having a, a higher inflation numbers right now. But aside from that, we are also, at least in the, in the United States, other, other countries is different, right? But other countries are also affected by the United States. In the US, we are in a, um, also in, in, in a pretty heated um, demand condition right now. So economy is not doing bad at all. Uh, unemployment is, um, I think it's 3.9, 3.8%, something like that. So it's really close to full employment. And uh, um, if you look at, you know, retail, um, you know, service sector obviously down given COVID, but, but really it's, it's been, it, 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 it's, it's not been doing bad. So you may say, oh, how can you say the economy is not bad? You look at, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, zombie firms and everybody so, um, have so much debt and cannot pay, right? Um, income inequality, so on and so forth. Those are all true, okay? But let's not confuse the long-term fundamental with the short-term cyclical condition. So the cyclical condition we are on a, you know, we are definitely not in the trough. We are, we, we are on the way to, to the business cycle top. Um, so, 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 so it's, it's on the, not, not the business cycle top, but on the ascension, right? Um, so to, to the boom, over the boom period. So, so, so that means, you know, as any central bank, this is definitely, um, it is, it, it is, uh, um, it is just a it, it is just the right condition for any central bank to tighten monetary policy right now, and no question about it. Okay, uh, how how long that is, uh, tightening is going to last, how fast, how severe, that is a totally different question. But I I think we should establish that you know from the get go you're going to see monetary tightening, no doubt about it. Um, starting in March, and actually, it's it's already started because um, the Fed is it's already said that they are slowing the pace of asset purchases, which is the so-called quantitative easing, starting in November. So, um, so 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 that that is the macro condition we are in, and that is going to affect risk assets. Now, back in the days when crypto market was very small. It was relatively uncorrelated with the trad five risk assets like you know stocks and bonds and real estate so on and so forth. Nowadays, it's no longer the case. 
I, I think the bigger cap, bigger market cap uh, tokens like you know Bitcoin and Ethereum, they pretty much move alongside the TradFi traditional risk assets like U.S. stocks. We talked about before that there is a you know correlation. There is a cyclical correlation, but there may not be a trend correlation because the trend for crypto is different from the you know TradFi stocks because you know crypto assets is on the exponential growth path. So the trend is diverging, but the cyclical element is the, the correlation is actually getting more, it's getting tighter because you have the same batch of investors in crypto now as in traditional stocks and bonds because you have a lot of, you know, uh, institutional investors, hedge funds and you know, so on and so forth. So you have, uh, you know, larger retails getting into crypto. So what, whatever conditions that affect risk assets is going to affect crypto, um, at least the large caps. Those will be the most uh, um, obvious, uh, you know, correlations. So here, and, and, and so, so here's the thing, what I want to tell you is I, I think the macro condition has already been affecting crypto market actually in the past few months. So if you look at the crypto market cap, right now we are like somewhat over $2 trillion, right? Um, starting the year, it was 800. And now, and, and, and over the course of the year, it go up to almost a 3 trillion. And now we are at, you know, sort of over 2 trillion. So if you look at this last six months, it, it's the, the, the market is crypto market cap, total crypto market cap is pretty flat. Actually, there's, there's a, you know, some significant volatility, but it's not growing. So what does this tell you? That tells you there is basically limited new money flowing into crypto from the rest of, uh, you know, investor base. Um, because, you know, we still have about 60% of the crypto markets, crypto market cap is BTC and ETH, right? So new investor coming into the market, the first thing, what do you do? You buy BTC and ETH. So those are really the two major assets that new money flowing into crypto buy, right? So. In, in I, I think to to a large extent the price appreciation of those biggest market cap assets in crypto are being supported by new money flowing into crypto market. However, at the beginning of 2021 we had again an 800 billion dollar asset class. It grew over. 200% over the year, right? So you, you, the, this baby is getting bigger. It needs more food proportionally to keep growing. So you, 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 you may think that, yes, there are always money coming into crypto. Um, and you've seen, you know, you always hear in the news, oh, so-and-so famous investor or institutions getting into buying Bitcoin, buying Ether, getting into crypto, setting up funds, so on and so forth. Uh, that those are all true. But if you actually look at data, you will realize there is actually no acceleration of funding into crypto market. Otherwise you will see large cap pumping. So, um, 
I, I think you there, there are multiple reasons for this, okay? But I think one of the reasons is, is uh, we are not seeing a acceleration of quantitative easing from the central bank, from the U.S. central bank in, 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 in the past few months, unlike in 2020 or early part of 2021, you still had a acceleration of asset purchases from the Federal Reserve. So that, in a, to a large extent, is pumping extra liquidity into the market that flows into all risk assets, right? So that driver is getting diminished. It's not gone, but it's, a, it's, a, it's getting weaker and weaker. So I, I think that, that is one of the reasons why we're not seeing acceleration of new funding flow into crypto the past few months. And uh, without acceleration of new funding, while this baby has grown, right? You need you need more food, but there's no like a higher quantity of food coming in. If it's the same quantity of food as as uh, as, as before, you you are not going to see significant price action from the major, um, from from the larger caps, crypto assets. So 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 basically that that's number one. All right. So um, if you look at what's happening in, in the past few months. Now, now the question is, going forward, are we going to see acceleration of new money coming into crypto? Again, over the long term, no question about it. I think there will be more and more money coming into crypto. But in terms of, you know, just talking about next six months and next year, what are we going to see? And my current thinking is, I just cannot find any strong reason why we would see a acceleration. If if anything, it's a deceleration. Why? Because the macro environment again is getting worse, and uh, as we talk about the 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 QE from the Fed is a major driver of of uh, risk asset appreciation. Right. So QE. Right now, you know, asset purchases is still going on, so you still see Fed balance sheet expanding, okay? But keep in mind, they already said starting November they are going to start decelerating. So, but you still see, uh, uh, you know, Fed balance, balance sheet expanding, but starting in this quarter, I strongly expect it to slow down, if not completely flat. If you know you 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 can you can go Google it, file balance sheet, look at the chart. Very straightforward. Okay, it's been going up. It had a, like a huge, all, like a very steep up since March 2020 for a couple months. Very very steep, and then it kind of you know the the angle tapered, and but it's still on on the on the trend up, and it's a pretty steep up trend. But starting this quarter. I expect to see deceleration, if not complete flat, of, of a balance sheet expansion from the Fed. So, um, and also, obviously, the Fed is also going to raise rates, right? So um, they've already said this year and next year, expect three to four rate increases. Now, um, if you look at the past, what happens when quantitative easing started tapering and uh, interest rate tightening, interest rate raising starts. What happens with asset market, I, 
I think you will notice that QE or the disappearing, the diminishing of QE has a much bigger impact on risk assets compared to interest rate and compared to raising interest rate because you know QE or the opposite of it quantitative tightening which means shrinking of Fed balance sheet is taking liquidity out of the system so it's a more direct impact compared to the interest rate channel so it's like interest rate is like a coffee Qu quantitative easing is like heroin to the market it's it's a different level of stimulus and different level of addiction so um if you look at what happens, you know, the last so-called taper tantrum, which happened in 2013, actually it didn't happen in 2013 because it happened in 2014. In 2013, Bernanke said, we are going to stop asset purchases and we are going to taper. That's what he said. But they didn't start doing, actually doing that until like late 2014. Okay. So, what you see is, so if you if you look at Fed balance sheet, it continue when when Fed announced they're going to taper in 2013, but their balance sheet continue expanding until like October. Yeah, maybe like October, November of 2014. Then it started going flat, um, and then. Um, in 2018, it started going down. So it started going flat in late 2014. It stayed there, roughly stayed there, a little bit down for like two years, okay? Because we have 15, 16, 17, actually almost three years. And then in 18, it started going down. That was like a serious tapering starts, okay? so. You hold that you hold hold that picture in your mind for a sec, okay? And then I'm gonna tell you what 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 this stock market do. 2013, when as if we look at the SPX as S and P 500. 2013, when 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 Fed says they're going to start tapering, but they actually didn't do didn't didn't start, okay? 2013, you had a bull market, S and P up, okay? 2014, you still mostly had a bull market because keep in mind, I just told you, Fed didn't, the tapering didn't really start. So balance sheet expansion didn't stop until late 2014. And late 2014 is, is, is when the market start going sideways. S&P 500 started going sideways. And uh, 2015, you, you had a market down because that is the first year when this this uh, um, balance sheet, the direction of balance sheet started to reverse. Before it was up, starting 2015, it was flat, okay? So it was a year where market has to adjust to this, you know, kind of, uh, um, you know, the, the stopping of liquidity expansion. And, and then, okay, 2016 and 2017, the balance sheet didn't do much. Fed balance sheet didn't didn't do a whole lot. It was flat. So you had two years of market expansion because you know market it takes a while to adjust and then market adjusted. And then uh, twenty eighteen you had a down year when Fed seriously started tapering. 
like a balance sheet started shrinking, not just flat. Okay. So, um, and, and then obviously after that, what happened? 2019. 2019, in late 2019, so, so, so the table, the shrinking of balance sheet continued in 2018, 2019. In late 2019, it started expanding again. Why? Because U.S. economy started showing weakness. That, that was one of the reasons. That was even before the pandemic. U.S. economy was entering recession, right? So um, that was when stock market, stock market started uh, seriously going up in 2019. <laughs> and then we had, uh, uh, you know, March 2020, obviously, the COVID shock, and everything went down a whole lot in the short term. And then Fed came in to the rescue, pumped out the liquidity, a order of magnitude more, and then market going berserk, crazy, uh, you know, uh, stock market, crypto market, real estate market, whatever market you can think of. So um, <laughs> all this uh, uh, very detailed and boring uh, recount of the relationship between Fed balance sheet and stock market is what my, my point is what I'm trying to show you is, is this has a serious impact on, on, on risk asset, okay, the direction of Fed balance sheet. So, so, so really, right now, we are just hearing news, you know, uh, Jay Powell said, we're going to tighten. Yes, they are, but they're going to start with, uh, you know, at first, deceleration of asset purchases before a complete stop, right? So deceleration per first, and then a stop, and then maybe at some point, contraction of balance sheet. So it's not going to just happen in overnight, right? Otherwise, they're going to kill the economy, and they're not going to do that. They're going to try to tighten, uh, tighten some, right? Because they definitely need to do something because it's uh, we are in a cyclical uptrend, and we are in a high inflation environment. There is no excuse, no justification for the Fed not to tighten. Um, so, But they're going to raise rate. And then they're going to slow down the asset purchases and see what happens. But my expectation, my you know, guess will be, we are going as they are doing that. We are going to see more volatility in the market, but we are not going to see like a market crash. Okay. Well, volatility in crypto is like a pretty huge, so you know. It's it's uh, you, you sometimes you can call it a mini crash, right? So, but we are going to see more heightened volatility as, in fact, you have been seeing it since December. Um, so because the market is on edge, everybody is skittish, everybody is like uh, looking out for f what what the Fed is going to do next. Everybody's nervous. So, any sign of uh, you know policy direction change, you're going to see, you know, more volatility reflected in the market. And that's what we've been seeing. But seriously, I don't expect it to seriously affect asset valuation until the balance sheet start going flat. So remember, we previously talked about between when 
the 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 turning point from it going up, balance sheet going up and 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 turning flat. That turning point point is a major adjustment for the asset market. So it was like took took the stock market a year to adjust to that, and uh, and then after that, the turning point from balance sheet flat to balance sheet contraction, that was another major adjustment, and it's a much bigger adjustment for the asset market. So my point is, at that point, until we see the balance sheet going flat, it's not. It's not a like life or death threat to the asset market, to risk asset market, stocks, um, crypto included, because crypto right now, you know, major caps, it's indistinguishable from other risk assets um, because the same bunch of investors. So, so what what does this mean? Um, the, so 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 the bottom line is, I think we're going to see. A whole lot more volatility, while market going sideways. I do not expect we're making any new highs for BTC and ETH in the short term because, again, I I just don't see acceleration of new funding coming into the market. Yes, there's always new funding coming into the market, um, both retail and institution. But really, at this point, we need acceleration. For these uh, major caps to go up, it's you know it's like uh, if it's the same level of inflow, same quantity of steady inflow as we had before, it's not gonna help these major caps because because the um, because the market cap has grown, the size of crypto has grown. It it needs more power to 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 lift uh, to 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 be lifted up by the same percentage. Okay. While tightening is happening, while interest rate is raising, while uncertainty of macro environment is increasing, I just don't see where that acceleration is going to come from. So the best I'm hoping for in the short term is that we have sideways market for crypto as a whole. And then we have some volatility. We have like, you know, increased volatility. Um, but it's going; it's not going to do huge damage to the market until we hit that turning point when balance sheet turning from increasing to flat. When is that going to happen? I don't know. Um, it may happen this year. In this quarter, I think we start to see deceleration of of balance sheet expansion. It may happen this year. Um, keep keep in mind, last time, last time, Bernanke said they were going to taper. They didn't do anything. They didn't really taper till a year later. Okay, this time I I think they would do it faster because you 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 have you have higher inflation. That was a you know actually a pretty serious threat, right? So um, I think they're going to start doing it quicker. So I expect sometime this year, maybe not in the first quarter, maybe in the second quarter, third quarter, I don't know, when this turning point may be happening. And, and, and that's, that's when it's, it's going to hurt risk assets in a major way, especially the bigger caps. So that, that is the, you know, the short-term bear case. I'm sorry if it hurt your feelings, okay? It made you disappointed, but I'm just telling you, 
you know, uh, as uh, straightforward as possible how I see this happening. I'm not saying I'm right. I hope I'm not right. I hope all the risk assets that I hope all your bags go up forever. <laughs> okay. But that's not a reality. So, um, another, another bear factor. I know there is another, um, sorry about that. <laughs> is that, um, if you look at what's happening in, 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 in crypto, you know, project fundamentals, um, when, when, when the beginning of this, um, if this bull market started, so the, the four year cycle of Bitcoin aside, what actually kicked started, you know, everything else, including Ethereum, including, you know, other all layer ones and everything else is the DeFi summer. Right. So, um, or DeFi spring summer, I don't know. In, in 2020, when the, the seeds that was planted from the previous cycle, the innovation in, 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 in DeFi that was planted in previous cycle started to come into fruition. So we had these, uh, you know, automatic market makers, we have these DeFi landing protocols, they started, uh, and, and, you know, stable coins, um, uh, protocols, they started doing a whole lot better and started doing a whole lot more volumes, right? So those are the major innovations that was underlying innovation that was driving this cycle of crypto adoption. And then we had NFTs, which was also actually innovation from previous cycle, but it was, you know, um, the, this, this, uh, this round, it, 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 it did a lot more, it became more mature and it got picked up by more, you know, mainstream adopters. So what has happened since then? DeFi summer was like 2020, right? And, uh, you, you had NFT, which was like, uh, the first NFT boom also late 2020, early 2021. Uh, you had these uh, profile picture NFTs uh, going berserk. Um, everybody's, you know, making profile picture NFTs. What happened since then? Uh, there hasn't been seriously groundbreaking innovation since then, I would say. The innovations from the last cycle that came into fruition in this cycle, they are still you know, carrying in the major load, a major weight for of user adoption and user activity on chain to this day. And the, the, the newer projects, you know, um, nowadays you see what, what's in DeFi, every new chain, uh, you know, when every new chain launches with layer one, layer two, you have a, you know, uh, you have a DEX, uh, decentralized exchanges, you have, uh, maybe a lending protocol, maybe you have a derivative, uh, you know, uh, protocol, but seriously, there is not a whole lot of new things happening. It's just pretty much the existing playbooks being played out in, in, in new real estate on, in new chains. That's the same thing for NFTs, right? A little bit of new things happening in GameFi, in um, blockchain gaming or gaming that uses blockchain elements. So 
my point is, there is, there has not been groundbreaking innovations in either DeFi or NFT in the past six months. So um, that's why, you know, at the beginning of the year, I, I, I figured next wave of mainstream user adoption has to has to come from GameFi or has to come from blockchain gaming because that is the next frontier because you're not seeing a whole lot of groundbreaking innovation in 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 DeFi and NFT, which is the main workhorse use cases on chain right now. Now, I know some of you thinking, how can you say that? Why don't you go look at protocol XYZ, da, 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 da. Yeah, I know. There are new things happening. I'm not saying there's entirely dead, no innovation, okay? I'm just saying those are marginal improvements, including a lot of the DeFi projects that basically moving TreFi into DeFi. How is that innovative? So, um, so, so those are like marginal improvements. Um, they're not really the, the major issues that blocking um, mainstream adoptions are still not being solved. The UX issues not being not being solved. Okay, it's paying the ass to use blockchain. Um, and uh, the 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 off chain assets that the um, for for DeFi to grow next stage, you have to actually do serious, you know, financial intermediation, meaning you have to lend people money for other use cases other than speculating in your DeFi apps and earn yields, right? So right now, if you look at what's the what's the lending rate in, in the DeFi lending protocols, you have a lot more, much higher percentage de deposits than lending. It's not really being used to full capacity. Why? Because there is not that many use cases for on-chain lending. So until, until we find a way to, for DeFi lending to be used in productive use cases when people can take out a loan to buy a house, to start a business, to, you know, make major purchases in their life. That, you know, it's it's like, uh, where, where is the lending demand going to come from? The, where is the mainstream adoption going to come from? So, again, <laughs> in the long term, please please uh, uh, differentiate long term from short term. Okay, in the long term, I think all of that is going to happen, but I highly doubt it is going to happen in the next six months. <laughs> so while at the same time, you you know, despite the fact that innovation is slowing down, okay, innovation is slowing down, um, and, and and another thing is that you know we we've got a bridge off-chain assets on-chain to use as uh, collaterals. Otherwise, you, you cannot, you know, how, how, how do you, how do you, uh, on what basis can people borrow money? If I don't have a, a large a large chunk of uh, crypto assets sitting in my wallet, if, if, if my, uh, most of my net worth is in traditional assets, how am I going to use DeFi to borrow money? Um, so there's that you know, multiple roadblocks from mainstream widespread adoption that need to be overcome and that I do not see happen in short term. While at the same time, you see so much money flowing into crypto, right? Every other day you see announcement of uh, um, VC fund uh, 
raised a bazillion dollars and uh, investing in crypto funds. And uh, chain XYZ raised a bazillion dollars uh, to invest in <laughs> ecosystem projects. So essentially, you have so much money chasing decelerating innovation in the short term. So what 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 you see, you know, it's a, what what's a, the 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 sure result is you are going to have valuations of existing protocols and new projects that are not serious innovations, but their valuations going up, right? So you, that's that's what we are seeing right now. Um, and and there's another reason which I'm getting into <laughs> in a minute. So uh. So 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 seriously, this is not. It doesn't it doesn't bode well for a short term bull case for how how much higher this market is going to continue growing. Okay, so that's that's the bear case. That's the bear case. So, but but I told you at the beginning this is a little bit complicated, right? So, I I also have to tell you some bull case. <laughs> bull cases. What are the bull cases? Um, number one, as, as I already mentioned, the QE is heroin, the interest rate, the interest rate is coffee, um, the QE is heroin, right? So unless we are seeing, unless, until the heroin is taken away, it's not going to be a huge impact on risk assets, I don't think. But from quantitative uh, easing, uh, you know, accelerate asset purchases to de uh, deceleration of asset purchases to stop, completely stop of asset purchases to shrinking of fat balance sheet. That That's a several turn. And several turns not going to happen overnight. So this, this still take a while. Again, I don't know. Don't ask me how long this is going to take. I don't know. But it's not overnight. Maybe a few months. Um, maybe like two, two, three quarters. That's that would be my baseline guess. It also depends on how the economy is doing, right? Um, but but like we talk about, the economy is not doing bad at all. Um, the U.S. economy. Uh, so, <laughs> so so that's going to take a while. Which which means in the short term, you still got some level of breathing room for risk assets, including crypto. You're going to see higher volatility. Market goes up and down. You're gonna not gonna see a new time. Probably not gonna see new all-time highs or breaking of all-time highs. Okay, so so you're probably not gonna see breaking of all-time highs uh, for for the for the uh, bigger bigger caps uh, because of all these. But you're not. But it's it's not exactly a market crash either. So while that's going on, another bull case. Uh, is that if you look at the Bitcoin dominance, actually Bitcoin and Ethereum dominance add together, it's about 60%, okay, uh, right now, which is kind of ridiculous because we are at, you know, <laughs> the, the, the so-called late stage bull cycle, if you, if you buy into the four-year cycle of, of Bitcoin, right, um, but it's, it's only, the, the, the Bitcoin dominance plus Ethereum dominance, it's still 60% it, 
Okay, 59% of the total crypto market cap right now. In early 2018, the height of the, um, the market boom, last cycle top, it dropped, it dropped to like um, 55%. So right now we are even higher. Large cap dominance is even higher compared to the same point at previous Bitcoin cycle. How can this be? <laughs> you, you, you have seen the boom of Solana, Avalanche, Terra. You have seen a boom of, you know, FTM. You have seen Axie Infinity, you know, bazillion so-called quote unquote altcoins rising a thousand, ten thousand percent in, in the last year. How can we still have Bitcoin and Ethereum dominance so high? Well, the reason is, first of all, Ethereum hasn't been doing so good the last six months because network congestion, you know, user adoption not growing, and same thing can be said about Bitcoin. While these newer chains are going much faster, but keep in mind those newer chains, they started very small. They started pretty much zero, okay? So it, it, it will take them a while to actually catch up to a meaningful market cap. While at the same time, you have a bunch of altcoins from last cycle, things like Litecoin, okay? Or Bitcoin Cash or whatever else. Those have been completely hammered in this cycle. They used to have, they used to be in the top 10 market cap, okay? And some of them right now, they're still in top 10 market cap. I'm not gonna name names, but you're smart. You know what those are. So, um, you know, th those, but those things have not been growing. So while you have these smaller, really, really small new generation of quote unquote altcoins going, yes, very, very fast, but still very, very small. So on balance, it really doesn't take away too much from the, uh, from the large cap dominance. So what does this tell you? I think what this tells you is that, what, what this tells me is that there is still room to go in the speculative cycles of non-major cap crypto tokens. Why? Because if you, if you look at, you know, from the flow of funds point of view, why, why, why do these um, smaller caps pump in late cycles? Because in early cycle, in, 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 in the beginning of a cycle, at least in the, you know, Bitcoin cycle, which is do still dominant, right? Because it's 40% of the market cap, still big. You have um, new money coming in and acceleration of new money coming in to chase the gains of Bitcoin and Ethereum, okay? And these new money, they come in, yeah, and then these, these major caps, big, large caps, they go up and people are in profit. Once you, you're in profit in, this, in, this, in these large caps, what do you do? You look around, you're like, okay, I can, I can go out a bit on the risk curve and I can venture out to see what else I can invest in. So you go invest in something else. You go invest in Solana, you go invest in Terra, you go invest in Avalanche, um, near, I don't know. Um, 
so but it doesn't take much for those to pump because keep in mind there's a much smaller market cap okay so that's why in late cycle you see this rotation basically people take profit from these uh, larger caps at least a partially you're not completely clearing out your position from larger caps but even if you spread out even if some of the money in larger caps rotate into these smaller caps it will cause them to pump a whole lot more in terms of percentage wise because they are small okay so that's why you see in late in later stage of the cycle like in late 2017 um also in the last cycle, Ethereum was also counted as a altcoin at the time. Now it's part of the establishment, right? So um, you 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 see money flowing into those those newer tokens, and you see they go up a whole lot more. And then that's why in late stage of Bitcoin cycle, you see large cap dominance goes down dramatically, okay, because of this flow of funds flowing from rotation from major cap large caps into smaller caps now you see the same thing happening in this cycle but again it's just not happening a whole lot because we are still at 60 percent of bitcoin plus ethereum dominance compared to about 50 percent 55 percent in january 2018 despite the fact that you had so much, we've had so many more actual real use cases on chain. You've had a actual genuine Web3 economy with DeFi, with NFT, with gaming happening on newer chains. They're not happening on Bitcoin for sure. Uh, those, those, those are actually, you know, productive use cases and uh, the market caps of those are supposed to go up, but still you are seeing this dominance very strong dominance of major caps so what does this tell you it tells you it tell what it tells me is there is more room for speculative money flows into smaller caps so and that's what you've been seeing right in over the past year it was first solana and then it's avalanche um uh, polygon luna a uh, bunch of other things you know play to earn a bunch of DeFi you know, V2, DeFi, uh, and now you have the second tier layer ones, you have near, you have FTM, you have Harmony, start pumping a whole lot in December, January, um, and this, this is still ongoing. So, um, so, 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 so that, that is, uh, I, I would say sort of as, if you can call it a bull case, <laughs> <laughs> it's not really a bull case it's just speculative flow of funds and so it, there, so what it tells you is as long as the market doesn't nuke meaning if if so if the fed balance sheet situation does not have a major turning point in the short term you should still continue seeing rotation the rotation game going where people where the, where the funds flow from major caps to smaller caps and the smaller caps pump more until we see this Bitcoin and Ethereum dominance drop to for I would say for another I, I, I think another 10 percentage point drop 10 to 15 percent percentage point drop 
in um, BTC plus Ethereum dominance, given this stage of cycle, is totally justified. So that means right now we are at 59. It should be, you know, at 50, 45 to 50. That 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 will that will be, you know, I, I think that 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 will be how low it can go. Given given we have so much more on-chain economy, so much bigger use cases going on compared to last cycle. Last cycle, even without any real use cases, altcoins, you know, bunch of garbages pumped so much more. So um, again, this I'm not saying this is good or bad or right or wrong. This is just matter of fact. Okay. So um, how are we doing on time? Well, we are doing badly on time. Um, <laughs> I'm running out of time. So I'm gonna go quickly next. Um, so, <laughs> what what does it mean for 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 your strategy, right? <laughs> so um, uh, there there of course you you can you can play it different ways. Um, like like I, I I told you earlier in in previous uh, um, in pre previous videos that. You know, long term, again, I'm bullish on crypto. I'm not going to leave the market. And uh, you going in and out of the market, sometimes it's not worth it, right? Um, because price can go up quickly. Um, but in at the same time, you, you have clearly seen micro conditions worsening in the near term. So you could, option number one, you could write it out. You could just hold whatever you're holding <laughs> and just, 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 you know, uh, don't, don't just not take in any of this, right? So people actually did that. Um, some people, they did that, they, they, they held, they huddled through the entire bear market, right? Um, so, um, you could do that. The, the challenge of doing that is obviously a psycho psychological challenge. Um, I, I think that's the number one challenge is psychological. You have to make sure you're, you you don't panic, maybe at, at at the at the trough of bear market or at the market sell off, that you don't panic to and sell everything. That would be the worst decision that you can make, right? So if you decide to huddle, it that <laughs> you gotta take care of that psychological challenge, and that is not a small challenge, I would say. It would not feel good if you if your holdings drop eighty percent next morning. You wake up and see your holdings, you know, uh, dropped to uh, a very much smaller percentage. It's not a good feeling. Okay, that's not something that most people would be willingly subject themselves to. So um, that that's a that's a I would say more of a psychological risk rather than financial risk, uh, but obviously if there is a psychological risk, you're more at risk of making wrong financial decisions, right? So that's the option. The option number one, just just you huddle through, you disregard any of this rotation game. You just pick the ones that you have long term conviction in and just stick it through. <laughs> right. So. Um, Number two, <laughs> number two, you can ride the rotation wave. You know that's sort of what I'm doing. 
is uh, I have actually moved a lot of my originally I, I had a lot of Solana and Avalanche uh, and uh, quite a bit of Luna <laughs> last year and then uh, last a couple months I basically moved them to tier one either tier one layer twos or other um, newer projects that um, that that I, I I think have a more relatively relatively more reasonable valuation and more solid fundamentals. That's all I can say is relatively because the whole market is pretty frothy. Okay, so because I expect the rotation to be ongoing. Okay, um, so whether that's the right strategy, wrong strategy is. Uh, I can tell you, I cannot tell you right now because that's still, you know, the story is, uh, is, is developing so far so good, but the story is developing, who knows? Um, so, so that's number two, you can, you can rotate, you can play the game of uh, large cap to small cap, given the trend that we are going to, we probably still see large cap dominance going on. That's, you know, there's something that you can consider. And by the way, you know, I'm surprised I have to say this. None of this is financial advice, okay? I don't take care of your money, you take care of your money yourself, okay? And if I change my strategy, I, I have no obligation to tell you um, because market conditions change quickly and I may adjust my opinion, which I should. Um, so, um, I'm just I'm just laying out the options that I see, right? You, 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 it's your own judgment call. Um, and also, you, you can also do a combination of both, right? You can say, okay, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't like this uh, choppy market. I don't like high volatility. It's, uh, it's hurting my well-being. <laughs> it's uh, creating extra stress and I don't need extra stress. So I take a percentage out of the market. Uh, and so I have some, I take a percentage, I don't know, 30%, 50%, 60%, depends on what, what you feel comfortable with. And I just, you know, try to wait out the volatility later. But the risk of doing that is you may miss the upside, right? And since, since the crypto market is on the way up quickly. And also, once you start doing this, going in and out of the market, it introduces a lot more uncertainties in your decision making, right? Because HODL is easier decision because it's just one decision, stick it through. If you start going in and out of market, it introduces a lot more variables in terms of decision making. You have to decide when to get out. What's the percentage you wanna be out? And when to get back in? That's already three decisions right there. <laughs> what is the possibility? What's the probability that you make all those three decisions correctly? So uh, that is the risk to consider if you want to either play the rotation game or you want to take a percentage out of the market to wait out on the volatility, right? Because you don't know Fed is, you don't know the timing of the Fed, how long this tightening cycle is going to last, when is the 
a balance sheet turning point is going to happen. When it's going to stop happen, you don't know any of that. Okay. Um, so, so that's that. But those are options. <laughs> there's no free lunch. There's there's a pros and cons to everything. <laughs> and, and 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 also another option. I wouldn't call this option, but it's the variation on the same option as the last one is to say, okay, uh, maybe I change my strategy. Uh, I take some of the money out of like an active holding into some like a passive holding that more like uh, annuity, uh, you know, investments. Um, I, I would call those the real estate equivalent of crypto investment. What are those? Those are things like, you know, staking notes or like, uh, you know, hosting services that gives you like a staking reward for processing transactions or processing volumes of like a file storage and so on and so forth. The ones I'm doing, there are a lot of these out there. Okay. I'm just telling you the ones I know and the ones I'm doing, I'm doing Gala notes. Gala is like a gaming company, right? They have like decentralized uh, nodes for 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 processing uh, their um, you know uh, transaction volumes and uh, um, and file storage. So I'm, I'm running Gala, Gala nodes. I'm running Pocket Network nodes. <laughs> Pocket Network is like uh, a uh, decentralized Infura um, and. Uh, I, I tweet I tweeted about it a couple times on Twitter if you I don't know if you saw it but uh you can do some research on them but basically you can you can run nodes to help them um uh you know do like a relays uh in multiple chains and then uh helium is another one you can do you can run helium nodes oh actually they don't call no they're not called nodes what what are they called I don't remember Helium, that thing you get a, you get a like um, this uh, box of uh, hardware. Uh, it's a node for like a decentralized, uh, you know, 4G coverage for for internet. Um, so you can get some, you know, rewards from that. I call them like a crypto equivalent of real estate because these are like a kind of a sort of a long term investment that you get periodically, you get some rewards, just like you rent out your house and you get a rent rental income, right? And at some point you can sell your house. And in this case, you can sell your nodes to someone else. So, um, and, but, but, but those kind of like, they don't, you don't actively manage them. It's easier than real estate. And I don't go actively buy and sell my nodes. I just let them sit there and they have some periodical uh, rewards. So that would be a way to diversify your holdings. Um, I wouldn't say they necessarily reduce your volatility per se, because if, if crypto market tanks, the value of, of the, your reward tokens, they're all going to tank in any case, but it's, it's just a, it's a more passive, uh, more passive income flow, com more periodical passive steady income flow compared to um, you just huddle some tokens and uh, hope them hope, hope they will go up, right? So those are different options. 
Or you can do a combination of all those options. I don't know. So, but in any case, uh, those are some of my thoughts on where the market is right now, and some of the options that I see in terms of managing portfolios. Again, not investment advice, and I do not have clairvoyance. I uh, this is I have a human brain, just like you do. I may have more. Uh, information uh, or uh, perspectives because of my professional training, but that's about it. Okay. In any case, be careful out there. Okay. And I hope your tokens all go up forever, and they never drop. <laughs> so, oh, and also, if you are listening to this,、uh, wait. Actually, it's the other way around. So I mentioned this before. This is、uh, a YouTube channel. It started as a YouTube channel, but now I automatically convert them to、uh, to podcasts using Soundwise, and、uh, you can find this on all the podcasting apps that you, you that you listen podcasts on. Just search for Tasha Labs,、um, and you will find those, and you can listen to these on the go. Okay,、um, that's all. Bye.